Welcome. Recording in progress. This is Dr. Owen Anderson, and I wanted to look at Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. This tells us how a Christian should live and how Christians should interact with each other. And I, I, I thought this stood out because as a philosopher, you may find me often talking about our beliefs. And it's good to remember that our beliefs translate into a way of life, into actions. The, the philosophy major who is able to talk about all the different thinkers, all the arguments they've learned, but whose life is in shambles, hasn't allowed, hasn't, hasn't really come to knowledge even. It isn't that he, he knows what is good, but doesn't do it, so he doesn't even know what is good. And so we don't want to allow philosophy or the focus on beliefs to become like that. Instead, if we know something, it transforms our lives. We know that when we're told that uh, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth. So look at this here. Let me, let me read this to you. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, or even as God in Christ forgave you. We repeat verse 32. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So this speaks of someone who's been transformed in redemption. Someone who has a new heart. And it's interesting that it begins with lying and speaking the truth. Now, we can think of this as run-of-the-mill lying. Like someone says, hey, does my hair look okay? And you say, oh, yeah, your hair looks great. And you feel kind of bad because it doesn't look good, but you don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't think that's what this is speaking about. This is primarily getting to speaking the truth about the basic things about God. Are we able to speak to our neighbor about the truths of God? Or does our conduct, at least Im implicitly, hide that truth? That would be a kind of lying. Or are we uh, tempted to lie in order to advance our self-life? We might tell people things that aren't true because we think it gets us something we want, which, which is what people normally call lying. But let me point out a bigger problem with that. I want something which isn't really good for me, but I'm going to lie to get it. So the problem isn't just my lying. The problem is I don't know the truth about what is actually good for me. So speaking the truth in verse 25 requires that I know the truth about what is good. And I speak to my neighbors about this. And in, in it contrasted in 25 with be angry and do not sin, that's quoting from Psalm 4. And then do not let the, wrath, the sun go down on your wrath. So you can be angry and not sin. Going from lying to anger and not sinning. And you shouldn't let the sun go down on these disagreements. 
Resolve your disputes. Don't let them linger and fester. That's uh, in verse 27, giving place to the devil. That's the devil's workshop. He would love that if people allow their disputes to linger. And then it goes from lying and anger to 28, stealing. If in the past you stole, don't steal anymore. And that could be, again, straightforward stealing, like you go to Circle K and you take a candy bar and you don't pay for it. But it could also be that you were stealing because you weren't working. Other people had to support you. You weren't developing your talents to advance uh, the needs of others, to help the needs of others. So you were stealing. So lying by not knowing the truth, stealing by not uh, working towards the good. And then 29, the words that come out of our mouth. Not corrupt words. See how this is also related to lying. But what is good and necessary to build others up that it may impart grace to the hearers. So this combines the need to speak the truth with the need to work towards what is good. He says, working with his hands, what is good, to help others, edifying them. So the edifying of others comes out because you are speaking the truth, because you're working for what is good. And that builds others up. And contrast it then in 30 with grieving the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How would you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, you would, you would uh, have bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking, malice. These are things that our conscience bears witness to us are wrong. And we may set aside our conscience and do them anyway. And in doing that, grieve the Holy Spirit. So that's quite a list in 31. Bitterness. This might be where you're disappointed in, in life or another person and you allow it to, to grow in you. Wrath, that's the anger. Wrath and anger. It's interesting. Uh, 31 has wrath and then anger. Uh, in, in verse 26, it said, be angry, do not sin, and then don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So there's some differences drawing out there. Maybe especially... Uh, the, the wrath has to do with the divisions between people, the, the uh, acting out on the anger. But you're to put all of those behind you. Clamor, evil speaking, put away from you with all malice. Malice is where you have intention to harm another person. And evil speaking goes back to that line. So you see how Paul here is developing the theme from the very beginning uh, of this section, chapter 25, lying. And be kind to one another. In contrast to, to what you list in 31, read 32. Be kind to one another. Recognizing that all of us are in a weak condition. Tender-hearted. Do you feel the sorrows and struggles of others? Or are you hard-hearted? We should be tender-hearted and, and quick to forgive. We're told that the parable uh, to forgive. The parable of the unforgiving servant. We're to forgive and we pray that in the Lord's Prayer. For the same reason, even as God in Christ forgave you. Not just simply God forgave you. God forgave you, which means you wronged God, but in Christ. Christ had to suffer and die for you to be forgiven. That's a great price that was paid for you to be forgiven. You owe it to others to forgive them. So thank you for joining me in Ephesians chapter 4.